For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Welcome, everyone, to the Traveling Pulpit Podcast. I am Vernon Sheridan, the man with the unscripted voice, and I want to thank you for joining me on today. Well, Traveling Pulpit family, you know it goes without saying that today is the day that the Lord has made. We should all be glad and rejoice in it. I hope that you are as much as I am. Traveling Pulpit family, the world has been compromised. It has been compromised. And like every kingdom that has come before the kingdom that we're presently living in, every kingdom has come to an end. And so will this one. Where we tie into the ending kingdom, like every other kingdom that this world has compromised, is that we have foundation in a savior. His name is Jesus Christ. He was there at the time of every kingdom's fall. And only those who have believed in him then and now will be saved going forward. Traveling pulpit family, I want you to know that the world has been compromised. Ever since Genesis 3, the world has been compromised. Ever since the garden, the world has been compromised. Ever since, ever since, the fruit has been eaten. The world has been compromised. The world is not run by man. The world is run by demons, which controls man. But the world still has the presence of God in it through his Holy Spirit. Meaning the, the, the hands of the Holy Spirit are still on this world because there are still people in this world calling on the name of God. And until that day, when God decides to remove us from the world, the Holy Spirit will remain, which means that we, though the world is compromised, we are protected under the hand of God. You've heard me say here before on this podcast that nothing will come up against us that will shake our foundation upon which God has built around us through his son, Jesus Christ. And I want you to know that that promise still holds true. That nothing will come between our relationship with Christ and Christ's relationship with us. Ever since the creation of man, man has destroyed himself in one way or the other. By murder or by suicide, man has destroyed himself one way or another. However, Ephesians 2.10 tells us that we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them meaning that we were created in God. We were created in his image all the way back in Genesis two and, and seven. The Bible tells us that the Lord God formed, created the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils, the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. Traveling pulpit family, man was an inanimate object without the life-giving breath of God. 
he would be nothing. He would have nothing if not for the breath of God breathing into his nostrils. Science says that we breathe in uh, oxygen and breathe out uh, CO2. The Bible says clearly right here that the breath of God is life because the life that is in God breathed into the nostrils of man and he became a living being. Science can tell you all the lies that it wants to. And you can believe all the lies that science have told you. But until you see it for yourself in the word in Genesis 2 and 7, you will continue to believe the lie that we're breathing oxygen. It is the breath of God himself that gives us life. God mentions uh, in Genesis, I believe it's um, in six after seven, after the flood that we are to eat meat but not the lifeblood that is in or or the lifeblood shall remain in the animal that we eat, the lifeblood. Traveling pulpit family, it is the breath of God that gives the blood life. The blood in our body carries the very breath of God that we breathe in and out. Every inhale we take, we're taking the breath of God. Every exhale we expel, we are breathing out the breath of God. He is in us. Why? Because Ephesians 2.10 says that we were created in Christ Jesus for good works. We were created in Christ Jesus. If you remember in John 1, he said that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Everything was created for him and not nothing that was created was not created without him. Everything has been created for Christ Jesus. Everything. And on that day, when that day comes, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The believer and the non-believer. And when you think about the world being compromised, Christ sacrificed himself for the believer and for the non-believer. He sacrificed himself for those who have chosen the world. He sacrificed himself for those that have chosen his father. Because he has said that no one comes to the father, but by him, no one. You got thousands or hundreds of religions in the world as we speak right now. I'll be safe to say thousands. Thousands of religions right now in the world today and all of them are gonna bow before Christ and everyone is gonna confess that Christ is king. Everyone. Over in John 11, let me read for you real quick. This is how you know Jesus is the resurrection and the life. John 11. It is the story of Lazarus and how Lazarus died. And the ancient Hebrew custom said after three days, they believed that the spirit leaves the body and go to its final resting place. Well, Lazarus was four days in. So ancient Hebrew custom said that Lazarus spirit was long gone. But what did Jesus do? Jesus called him back 
to life. He called him back from where the paradise that he was. He called him back into this sin, sick, sin filled body. And guess what happened to Lazarus when he was called back? He died again. He passed away again. He came back for a little while and then he exited right back out the same way he came in, giving God his last breath. But while they were standing at the tomb, Martha said to the Lord down in 11 and verse 21, he, she said to the Lord, if you had been here, my brother would, ha would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. She even knew standing before the very presence of God, Jesus has said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. So Martha knew who Jesus is. She knew at that very moment who Jesus is. She openly announced to Christ, to his face that you are God. You are the one sent from God that you are are the God that we've been looking for. And she said, whatever you ask of him, he will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Your brother will rise again. And Martha said, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Do you know that traveling pulpit family? Do you know that your loved one in Christ is going to be resurrected on the last day? If you know this and you're living your life as a hellraiser, you're not going to see him. If you're living your life as a hellraiser, believing in Christ, but living your life for the world, you're not going to see him. You're going to miss him. You may see him in the distance, but you're not going to be able to talk to him and hold on to him and have a conversation with him. Because Christ wants believers he wants those who are on the fence to choose him. He wants those who are at the election booth to choose him. He wants those who lift him up to choose him. Because he's the one who is the resurrection and the life. Jesus goes on to say, I am the resurrection and the life. He says, whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Then he asked Martha this question. Do you believe this? Traveling pulpit family, do you believe this? Do you believe this? You see, it's one way to live for Christ while you're in the world, but it's another way to live for the world. Not thinking about Christ is the other it is the other way that that will get you into all types of trouble. We are all sinners saved by the grace of God. Romans 3.23 tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I sinned when I woke up this morning and I will sin before I go to bed tonight. But one thing I know for sure is that I have my belief soundly in Jesus Christ that my sins are forgiven because of his sacrifice on the cross. It's not contradictory. It's truth. I am a sinner. And what I say to you now matters. I am a sinner. I am no good in my own flesh, but I have a savior. Who do you have? 
Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Meaning that he's the one that's going to rise up and give life to those who have fallen. We can't give life to ourselves. We can't get ourselves up in the morning. The phrase see you tomorrow is an empty promise. Because some people have said see you tomorrow and the and tomorrow never came for them. But he says, whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Martha goes on to say, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God, who has who is coming into the world. So she knew. She knew how much of what she knew is debatable. But if you're arguing the point with me, she knew exactly who he is. I know theologians, they love to debate. They love to debate. They love to argue. They love to to go in the word and they like to pick it apart. But it's plainly clear to see Martha knew that Jesus Christ is the son of God, that he is God in the flesh. She knew this. But we have been created for his workmanship. He formed us. He breathed into us and we became a living being. And because of that, because of that, because we became a living being with the ability to choose and think for ourselves, we have always chosen destruction. We have always chosen sin and we have always rejected what is right to accept what is wrong. But it is through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ that we have a right to the tree of life. How do we have a right to the tree of life? It's very simple. We have a right to the tree of life because Jesus is our high priest of a better covenant. Jesus has come to the earth to be the antidote for the poison the world has given us. We have been poisoned by the world on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but Christ is the antidote that has come into the world to cure us of our sin sickness. I tell you these truths from the word of God, that there may be one, there may be one of few who really tell you the word of God. It seems like all these new preachers, all these new teachers, all they want to do is sell you something. And that's a one-way ticket to the lake of fire. But right here on the Traveling Pulpit Podcast, you're going to get the life-saving, life-changing word of God. Because here is what I know. Based on the word of God, if I know something and I don't share it with you, then I'm responsible for not telling you something that could save your soul. See, this isn't about your life, traveling pulpit family. This is about your soul. Jesus has already perfected our life through the cross. All have sinned 
but he has sacrificed himself for our sin so that he remembers it no more. It is no longer a fault to us, to those who are in Christ Jesus. But it is to those who are outside of Christ Jesus, those who choose the world over salvation. It is those who are who are the ones that we're going after. Christians all over the world are beginning to be persecuted. But even though Christians are beginning to be persecuted, how many of those are there that are believers? So we can call ourselves Christians all day. See, this is what has the world in a shambles right now, because so many worldly people want to call themselves Christians. They want to dress up as if they as, as if there is some kind of dress code to be a Christian. But how many believers are there? How many believers are out there? See, it's one thing to be a Christian. And now it seems like it's the coolest thing on the block to be a Christian. But I want to know, traveling pulpit family, how many believers are there? See, that's when you get down to the rubber meeting the road. That's when you get down to what they call the nitty gritty. How many believers are out there? You think Jesus was wasting his words when he asked Martha, do you believe this? Do you think that 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 uh, Jesus was wasting his words over in uh, John when uh, um, when Jesus was resurrected? John 20, when Jesus was resurrected and, and showed up to Thomas and Thomas wasn't there and Jesus told him, what you what you have seen, you have believed because you've seen. But he said, blessed are those who have not yet seen and yet have believed. I'm talking about believers traveling pulpit family. I'm not talking about Christians no more. See, even the word Christian is compromised, just like the world. Because a Christian. Is also someone who believes who stands up for what's right. See, a Christian can be an abortion doctor. A Christian can be a, 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 a same-sex uh, politician. See, that's what a Christian can be. But a believer, a believer knows those things are damn hell-fied wrong. And they will never stoop so low as to serve Satan in that way. Because that's what they're doing. That's exactly what they're doing. But yet and still, you have these people who are calling themselves Christians and they're promoting the things of the world. They are pastor's sons. Pastors who were once for the word of God. And, and the Old Testament is full of them. How, how, how Samuel boys did not walk in the ways of God, but Samuel did. Charles Stanley walked in the ways of God, but Andy Stanley does not walk in the way of God. So many pastor's children does not walk in the way of God simply because they have sold out their soul to the world and they call themselves Christians and they have no belief in them because a believer does not act that way. A believer does not accept the things of the world. 
and a believer does not compromise their faith to get along with the world. The kingdom of this world is coming to an end and the kingdom of our God and of our Christ is coming. It is coming. It's not coming into power. It is power. It is coming. But this kingdom, like so many other kingdoms, is going to fall and it will fall. And there are so many people who are so attached to the world that they're not prepared for the fall. But it will happen. So my question to you, traveling pulpit family. Are you just a Christian or are you a Christian believer? Are you the one to stand on the word of God, to stand against what is wrong and to stand up for what is right? That's all I'm asking. That's all I want to know. Where do you stand and what side do you stand on? Because even the word Christian now is compromised. But are you, if you say you're a Christian, are you a Christian believer? Because Christian means little Christ. That's what it means. It means little Christ. It means that, that you serve the true and living Christ, the Messiah, the one who came and the one who will come again. This is how this invitation right here I want to share with you comes from Romans 10, 9. It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will become a Christian believer. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. It's that simple traveling pulpit family. There is no compromising. There is no shortchanging. There is no juicing up. There is no fantastic words. There is no uh, simple plan. It is just the word and it is given to you for free. This word is to be freely given to all. There is no secret to be had. There is no price that I can sell you because there's no amount of money that you can give me for your soul because your soul has already been paid for by the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Do you believe? Traveling pulpit family, I want to thank you so much once again for an opportunity to come and share this word with you. How wonderful it is to share the good news of the gospel with you. This is good news, Traveling Pulpit family. This is good news. To know that, that this corrupt system that we live in run by demons in the form of weak men will soon come to an end. And when I mean soon, I don't know a timeline. Soon could be any time. You ever ask someone, when will you be there? Oh, soon. And it's about four or five hours later and they're just showing up. Soon could mean any time. But the time should not matter. It's the preparation that should matter. Are you prepared? Are you prepared for it? 
do you know when Jesus says that he's coming like a thief in the night, that's how death is also. Death is something that everyone thinks they're prepared for until it happens. And then it happens. And then there's shock, shock and awe. Shock and awe. That's how fast the coming of Christ will be just like that. And we're out of here. There's no pain. There's no hurt. There's no shock. There's no awe. It's just we're with him. That's that quick. Just and we're with him. But I don't tell you these things to scare you. I don't tell you these things to try and make you. I tell you these things so that you can be aware. Because these things were once told to us. And he has given us the responsibility to share these things with you. So now that I've done so, what will you do with this word? You can find me on the social medias, on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, all traveling pulpit ministries. If it is the Lord's will, we will do this on next week. Know this, Traveling Pulpit family, you are loved, you are cared for, you are sought after, and you are welcome into the Father's kingdom if you would only accept that invitation. Some of you have, some of you may not have, some of you are thinking about it, but there is no greater place to be in all of creation than in the bosom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I am Vernon Sheridan, the man with the unscripted voice, and I want to thank you for joining me on today. Until next time, I love you. Tell somebody about the goodness of the Lord, and if necessary, use words. Bye for now.